Well, hey you, hello there, every person everywhere. My good evening, everybody, or morning or afternoon, whatever time it might be. My name is Lynn, and this is Every Person Everywhere, and this is stuff that you can relate to, hopefully. So, in the last episode, I talked a bit about setting the scene for where I spent the better part of two years of my life. Um, when I went to Heron Wealdstone after two years, I joined a scout troop that was up there, and I was an assistant scoutmaster, which was super cool because, you know, last I had done that was um, in America and not very often. So it was very nice to contribute to that. Um, being in Harrow, I was probably one of five Americans total, with my roommate being another one of them. And um, the demographic of light-skinned individuals, such as myself, uh, we probably made up less than a fifth of the population. So it was a massive cultural hub. There were synagogues and mosques and uh, shrines and temples and all kinds of congregational grounds for different religions and ways of life. And uh, the most beautiful and fascinating of all, I would have to say, is the, the cuisine there. So we had one of the biggest Tesco's or British Walmart, so to say in pretty much all of London. I think we were the biggest. If we weren't the biggest, we were the second biggest. So if you couldn't find it there, you probably had to either order it online or get it nowhere because they had everything there. Every adventure down there was quite that, an adventure. And also being in Harrow Weald, uh, there were a lot of above-ground trains that ran across the countryside to other parts of the country, such as Cardiff and Aylesbury and Hemel Hempstead, which is where Stephen Wilson would create music. And I actually went and visited um, Hemel Hempstead when I shadowed um, in-home care for dementia uh, for the first time as an occupational therapist. Um, so I got to sit down and eat at one of the restaurants that he used to like to go to. I got to go to Blackbird's Moor, where he would watch the barges pass in the moor. I would go on to see some of the old places where he had recorded, some of the old houses, because I found addresses um, on the back of old images of cassette tapes. Uh, can you tell that I really like Stephen Wilson of Porcupine Tree and his music? Um, so I got to do that. I got to be part of, you know, another martial arts club in the area. And best of all, like I said, lots of food, lots of cuisine. So... Within a 10, 15 minute walk of me, there were two fish and chip shops, two curry shops, an actual Indian restaurant, a Thai place, a place to get like picking food, an Italian restaurant, an Americanese enough restaurant. So like burgers and fries and bar food. Uh, there were at least 12, 13 pubs. And then if I went into Hero on the Hill itself, there was even more. Like gastronomy is everything when you're in a big city and there was no shortage of places to eat. So <clears throat> that is where I lived for the last every part of my experience being in London until I moved into Berkshire and that was to take a job at Broadmoor Psychiatric Institute, which is the highest security psychiatric hospital in I think the world. It's definitely the biggest one in Europe. And they housed famous criminals and 
plenty of documentaries were done. I ended up not working there and only staying in Berkshire for a month and a half simply because there was just, you know, the mobility was not there and the visa issues um, because being an international, just graduating, just applying for a registration with their healthcare professional council, which is sort of like their accrediting body for healthcare workers. That takes two months. It would have been six months till I could start working and I didn't have the money. So I've gone over all of that. Um, you know, I had several flings and several relationships. One I met at work at one of my placements in a psychiatric institute that I worked at. Um, another one I met at a Gojira concert. And then um, another one I met because of the central portal that I met my roommates on, which is the Brunel International Students 2020 was a Facebook page that we were all invited to as soon as we got our acceptance offer. There was a page on Facebook and on Twitter and on Instagram, but people mostly just used the one on Facebook. So that's how I met a lot of my first friends there and a lot of long-term friends there. That's how I met all of my classmates because they added me to their OT group chat after they started finding each other. That's how I, on that same page, that's how I met all of my roommates. So I'd actually met my longest term girlfriend of sorts um, through that page when I was overseas. And that's enough about my drama as such with that. Now let's get into the meat and potatoes, being in London itself. So I remember my first week there was a free week. I mean, we sorted out our housing and moved off campus within four days. And we had the freshman week. So freshers as it's called over there. So people who are fresh faces to the university we all congregated and met up for various seminars and things and a tour of London. I took my first guided tour of London for free on a bus. No, I think I might have had to pay five quid, which is the rough equivalent of like seven, eight dollars American money. Um, and that took us on a driving tour on an actual transport for London bus that we had all to ourselves. And we got to see Buckingham Palace. We got to see the changing of the guard. With the horses, we got to see London Eye, we got to see the Shard, Westminster Abbey, the Houses of Parliament, we got to see Oxford Street Piccadilly Circus with its statues and its history and the Dutch Clock Tower, and of course their rendition of Trevi Fountain as I like to call it. We drove past Trafalgar Square to see the National Museum and National Gallery, which I would eventually go and tour myself and have coffee in the area. Um, and then every year when they, <clears throat> when they had... Um, when they had their pride parade, they would change the lights on the sidewalks to not being men or women going with the green walking or stopping at red, but they changed it to um, the transgender icon on some of them and the icon for uh, queer individuals for some and the individual, the, the logo for same-sex women and same-sex men um, instead of having the logos for just um, a man walking or a man not walking. So that was powerful, and I got to see that for the first time there and then. And, of course, we got to see some of the downtown areas. We got to see Canary Wharf. We got to see um, Canada Goose. Uh, Canada Water. Yeah, Canada Water is what that area was called. And we got to see the people there going to work and slaving away over their wages. Um, and we got to see... An outside looking in perspective 
of London. And that's when I said, all right, I'm going to check this out. So me being a punk rock dude, one of my first trips was to Camden Square. Because um, North Camden is where all the tattoo shops are that are like on inked and tattoo mastered and like famous tattoo shops. So I got to plan out a tattoo that I'd eventually get from an artist that used to work there. And then she would actually end up doing most of the tattoos on my uh, right arm. Um, a referral from a friend. I got another referral from another friend who used to work in Camden before he couldn't afford the prices there. Um, they have a massive open air market there. They have another one in the Metropolitan District in Lower London. Um, and I ate a lot of food there um, in Soho and South Hall and those areas. There's lots of clubs and dining and drinks. Um, so I got to spend a lot of time in those areas. And not once did it not feel magical, except when I would, like, repeat a fence. So, like, going to the Shard three times, it got old after seeing it once, just because I'm not a big fan of cities, and I've said that before. And, um, of course, you know, traveling around and seeing all there is to see, really, seeing it for the first time was incredible and magical. And getting to go to London Bridge and London Tower and the London Rock and you know, seeing those kind of things where lots and lots of decadent history had happened. Amazing fun. It was the people, though. So going to Chinatown, going to Trafalgar Square with my roommates, with my classmates, with a girl named Samantha who used to... She was almost one of my roommates. I was going to room with her, another girl, and... Um, Samantha's now fiance, I believe, at the time of recording this, if I'm not mistaken. Sam, if you're listening to this and I got it wrong, you guys aren't engaged yet. I'm so sorry, but you guys have been together like three years constantly through long distance and stuff, so it's about time. <laughs> so we were almost roommates, and then um, that faction had split because the girl and her now fiance ended up not going to school with us. So um, we still ended up becoming the best of friends, and I still owe her a visit in New Mexico at the time of recording this, um, where. Her fiancé is doing his PhD in, I think, some sort of physics. I don't know exactly what he's focusing on, but it's physics. I, I know that much. And he's getting paid to do it, so it must be pretty nice. Um, so I did a lot of seeing those things like Buckingham Palace with her and my friend Brooke. Um, I got to see a lot of stuff with my roommates. We traveled around a lot. Um, there was a group of us that did Friendsgiving every year. So... For at least the first year and a half, things got really lonely when we started working on our dissertations. People found their cliques, they broke off into those cliques, and we stopped hanging out as much, and it was really sad from that perspective, but we always still could text each other. We had a group chat that we used very regularly, all of us, and a lot of people left because there was some drama amidst the ranks. Um, and I mean, that's pretty typical of any cohort of anything, really, is that eventually you're going to run into that problem. But we were a cohesive family. You know, we went eating together. We, we went hanging out together. We had Philly cheesesteaks together. We celebrated birthdays together. We celebrated holidays together. We were each other's home away from home. And these two years, honestly, as you will probably be able to tell when I continue to tell the stories of being over here, this is where I had my biggest character development. So... Just to recap, I was uh, still fairly socially awkward, only child, very introverted, 
mental health issues that I had started getting on meds again for. Um, you know, health wasn't the greatest because of asthma and inactivity. Um, trying to find my way, you know, trying to find love and relationships overseas to see if I could, you know, maybe stay over there. Spoiler alert, obviously didn't work out, but I did have a great experience along the way. Um, just learning that aspect as well. Um, but I was this, you know, fairly inept. Imagine a little toddler looking up at the big wide world with bug eyes like deer in the headlights. That was me for probably the better part of the first like year and a half I was over there. It didn't matter how many times I went hiking or who I went hiking with. Shout out to Deeran, George, and Ben, and Hiroki for always joining me on those endeavors. It didn't matter. Um, I was still discovering life for the first time is what it felt like, honestly. It was the first time I was completely on my own and self-sustaining my own living. You know, I was doing my own budgeting. Of course, I overspent my budget and had to pull from my American savings account by the end of the first bursary because we got bursary every four to five months. Um, you know, I had to learn to max out credit cards to survive because sometimes that's just what you gotta do, unfortunately. Um, I, I really found myself along the way. And of course, every single one of us is at our own sort of space in life now. But we, we saw each other through to the end. And... I really wish the COVID hadn't happened just because it would have been nice to get the family together one more time for graduation. And instead there might've been like 12 or 13 out of the 68 or so of us that graduated together that actually graduated and walked at graduation. Or no, it was virtual. They're planning on doing a walk for graduation this year. And because of work, most of us can't attend. Um, so I really hope to see all of them again. And wherever our paths take us, you know, that's just the way it is, I guess. So they were my family that helped me grow and flourish and discover the world. They were my chosen family for two years. And, um, you know, obviously things happen and you don't keep in touch and you, you sort of fade away. But the memory always remains of what you meant for each other, what you did for each other and how you helped each other. And it's something that I will always be thankful for. And so... I went to Kew Gardens, Windsor Hills, Windsor Castle, Windsor Gardens um, with the same tour group of friends and we got to interact with the deer up close and personal at Richmond Park in Windsor Park. They walked right up to us because, you know, guns aren't really a thing in most of the UK. So most people were just, you know, doing their own thing and, um, you know, not having to worry about violence. And it was kind of great, actually. And... It's just an amazing experience when I think back on it. Now, obviously, there were bad moments. There were moments where all my friends were busy with their own lives and I just needed somebody to talk to and nobody was available. And that's just human nature. So I guess my lesson that London taught me in general, and I'm going to try and bring in a life lesson with every subsequent episode that I do on this podcast. The life lesson that I had learned from London, in a hole, living there for two years, was the light is always on if you look for it. You know, um, it might seem dark at times, but your family that you chose for yourself, 
they're just a text away. All you have to do is overcome that initial fear of them not remembering to respond or that fear of rejection or whatever. And the family you choose as your friends and they are your hope and your rock. And they are the people that usually end up helping to develop you more than your actual biological family because you need some time all alone and on your own just to like to quote uh, Guns N' Roses to figure out who and what you are in this world and that's that and really there's not much more that I have to say about it from that perspective so when I talk more about my travels in the United Kingdom it's going to be from more of a perspective of budgeting and martial arts and hiking I'll talk a bit about hiking and um, I'll talk about um, the things that I had seen in Europe so I'm going to jump around a little bit it's not going to be completely sequential because um, I want to get over the excitement of talking about everything I saw and did in England and Scotland and Wales um, and Ireland before I get on to actually talking about the rest of Europe. So I also took a trip to Ireland. I forgot to mention that completely earlier. Whoops. So I think I'm going to work my way up to the rest of what I did in England in the next episode. The following episode after that, I will talk about Scotland. After that, I'll talk about Wales. And after that, I will talk a bit about Ireland. And to this, I now add my beautiful silence.